Wednesday, August the 4th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Cuomo faces calls to resign and Afghan cities under siege. First, the world in brief. President Joe Biden joined other Democrats in calling on Andrew Cuomo, the Democratic governor of New York, to resign. The state's attorney general released a damning report yesterday after an investigation prompted by accusations of sexual harassment. It found that Mr Cuomo had groped and made suggestive comments to 11 women. State legislators may force him from office if he refuses to resign. An oil tanker hijacked in the Gulf of Oman is sailing towards Iranian waters, according to Lloyds of London. The asphalt princess was boarded about 100 kilometers east of the Musandam Peninsula. Iranian state television dismissed the accusation as a pretext for, quote, hostile action. America, Britain and Israel had accused Iran of being behind a drone attack on another tanker last week. An explosion announced a coordinated attack in Kabul, apparently aimed at the home of Afghanistan's defence minister, which ended in a firefight in the capital's most secure quarter. In the provinces, the country's armed forces are facing much worse. Anticipating an onslaught by the Taliban in Lashkar the capital of Helmand, the commanding general urged civilians to flee. Sanofi, a French medical giant, ploughed $3.2 billion into the technology underpinning the mRNA vaccines that were designed to beat COVID-19. In buying Translate Bio, an American firm that specialises in the stuff, Sanofi is betting on a hearty future for drugs made by manipulating messenger ribonucleic acid. COVID is only the first of many diseases in the specialist's sites. America's top securities regulator asked Congress for more power to protect investors in cryptocurrency markets, which he likened to the, quote, Wild West. Gary Gensler, chair of the Securities and Exchange Commission, called the asset class, quote, rife with fraud, scams and abuse. He noted that crypto is used more by money launderers and cyber thieves than as a proper medium of exchange. America's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced it will halt evictions in parts of the country hit hard by the Delta variant of COVID-19. The protections are expected to cover 90% of the population for up to two months. A previous moratorium, enacted by the CDC last September, expired at the end of July. Many states already have their own measures in place. A Belarusian Olympian who refused to board a flight home from Japan instead flew to Austria. She had been expected to go to Poland. Her husband left Belarus for Ukraine. In a video, Kristina Simonovskaya said she had been threatened for criticising her coaches and never meant to make a political statement. She also said she hoped eventually to return to Belarus. And fact of the day. 1. The percentage of newly hired bureaucrats in Argentina who must be transgender. And now, here's today's agenda. Trouble mounts. Andrew Cuomo on the brink. New York's Attorney General Letitia James delivered a political body blow to Andrew Cuomo, the state's governor. An inquiry by her office found that he sexually harassed 11 women, corroborating allegations that have circulated for months. The long-awaited report recounts instances of groping and lewd comments. Among the accusers were an aide nearly 40 years his junior and a trooper hand-picked by the governor for his security detail. The report describes how a culture of fear and intimidation in Mr Cuomo's office enabled his misbehaviour. After a former staffer publicised her claims, his allies released her private information to discredit her, according to the report. 
The governor denied the allegations, maintaining that he never touched anyone inappropriately. The question now is whether the state legislature will impeach him and possibly remove him from office. The Speaker of the Assembly, who would start the process, said the report portrayed someone, quote, not fit for office. President Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, have called on Mr Cuomo to resign. Game over? Troubles for Tencent. Chinese regulators obliterated the country's for-profit online tutoring industry last week, rendering several listed companies no longer commercially viable. Could the authorities be coming after the gaming industry next week? All signs point to yes. Yesterday, Tencent, one of the world's largest gaming and social media companies, said it would put in place restrictions on how long children can play video games. The move is an apparent response to an attack from Chinese state media that called gaming, quote, spiritual opium, which since has been deleted. Whether the comment signifies a broader crackdown is unclear, but it is not a stretch. The Communist Party is concerned about gaming addiction, and these days the party's concerns often manifest in onslaughts of regulation that can instantly wipe hundreds of billions of dollars from stock market capitalizations. Yesterday, Tencent's shares fell by 6.1%. The company has lost nearly $400 billion in market value since February. The Communist Party's games could be only just beginning. Doing the splits Brazil's economy. Brazil's central bank will today decide whether to move its key interest rate, currently at 4.25%. Stakes are on an increase of a full percentage point, the biggest in 18 years. The goal is to curb inflation, which has surpassed 8% over the past 12 months. The Brazilian real has fallen by more than 20% against the dollar since the start of the pandemic, while unemployment has been above 14% since the end of 2020. A drought has caused energy prices to soar by more than 10% in some cities. The future looks worrying. Essential economic reforms, such as a revamp of the tax system, are stalled in Congress. Yet Iba Vespa, the main stock market index, hit a record in June on news that Brazil's GDP grew by 1.2% in the first quarter, fueled by demand for commodities. A roundup of forecasts for this year's GDP has been rising for 15 weeks. Now it's 5.3%, to the joy of the markets. No end in sight. The Beirut blast one year later. It felt apocalyptic at the time, yet the explosion was far from the rock bottom of Lebanon's collapse. A year has passed since the blast, caused by the explosion of a cache of ammonium nitrate stored at Beirut's port. It killed more than 200 people and left the Lebanese capital in ruins. There has been no accountability. Lawmakers are shielding officials from punishment. The Prime Minister, who resigned a week after the explosion, remains in his post as a caretaker. While politicians bicker, the country sinks further into economic crisis. The currency has lost 90% of its value since 2019. Year-on-year inflation in June was 101%. Pharmacies are short of medicine and petrol stations of fuel. The state provides only a few hours of electricity each day. Foreign powers are reluctant to help without serious reforms, which Lebanon's corrupt politicians are unlikely to implement. What lies ahead for the people of Lebanon may be worse still. How to get fit quick. Sweating fat. When scientists engineered obese mice to overproduce a protein called TSLP, it was intended to target diabetes. 
But as recently described in the journal Science, within a month the mice's visceral fat vanished, their weight plummeted, and they were healthier all round than untreated mice. All this without eating less or exercising more. Alas, any quick fix diet comes with a catch. For the mice, it was a distinctly greasy appearance. The TSLP treated mice's shinier coats led to speculation that they had secreted lipids through their skin. A few mousy haircuts later, this was confirmed. Their fur was high in sebum, the fatty substance that causes acne. Sloughing off calorie-dense oil through skin glands reduced the mice's average weight from a chunky 45 grams to a svelte 25. The experts say that ramping up sebum release is feasible in humans. Whether or not people would want greasy skin and hair in return for a slimmer figure is another question. Summer Quiz Week 3 Up for another battle with our baristas in a summer quiz? For Week 3, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Wednesday Which date in the Christian calendar is also known as Epiphany Eve? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Percy Bysshe Shelley, who was born on this day in 1792. Poetry lifts the veil from the hidden beauty of the world and makes familiar objects be as if they were not familiar. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.